for sin, throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So we're going to try to put ourselves in a couple parts of this um, story today. And we're going to start with understanding what's even happening here. So Jesus is teaching in the temple courts, which is like the very center of Jerusalem. And I'm a mom and not a junior high intern. So if you talk over me, I'm going to cry, boys. Do you want to make a mom cry today? Okay. No, we don't want to see a mom cry. I can't handle the pressure. Okay, so they're out in the middle of the temple courts. And the Pharisees are the religious leaders. They know the law, the Bible, so well they can recite the Old Testament. They've had to memorize it. And they don't like Jesus very much. But they pull, um, and they pull a woman out um, to be stoned. Now the law, sorry guys, I'm, you're lost on my slides. Go way back to the beginning. Um, the first thing we need to understand is that God's law is good and had a purpose, even though it sounds crazy to us maybe today. So the law was in Deuteronomy that if someone was caught in the act of adultery, you were supposed to pull both people out and the people of Israel were supposed to throw rocks on them until they died. Pretty serious stuff. How many of you know what adultery means? Okay, so in the this time and pretty much now, adultery is when you are a married person and you have sex, I said the word in church, with someone who is not your spouse, not your husband or wife, or you are someone who is not married and you're the one that is having sex with someone else who is married. In the Old Testament time, if you don't know what that word means, you can ask your parents and I know some of them and they can explain it to you later and send me text messages. That'll be great. Um, you could also even be engaged. If you're a woman engaged to another person and you sleep with someone who's not, you know, who's not your betrothed, then you can be stoned. So the Bible said that you must purge this evil from among you. Now, Israel was God's chosen people, this tiny little, tiny, tiny little country in the middle of all these big countries, Egypt and Asia, and God chose them to say, I'm going to show the whole world who I am through Israel. So it was like they were on ASB or junior high leadership. Their rules, they had to follow the rules better than anybody else to show what God wanted. And so the punishments were very severe because God did not want them doing things that were bad. So um, right here, you in the red and white shirt, what's your name? Andrew. If Andrew is part of our community, everybody, we kind of all know each other in here. You're going to see people around, right? Andrew eat, says a swear word. <laughs> Andrew, I know you never would. But if Andrew did that, and we knew that was against the rules, and the law was if he ate, said a swear word, he has to eat a sardine in front of everybody. And a sardine is like an oily, greasy fish with all its bones and head and everything that comes out of a can. And he has to eat it. And we all watch him, and we see him choke down that sardine. Do you think any of you guys are going to want to 
Say a swear word again if you've seen that punishment. No. And that's kind of what God was doing. He's saying, look, adultery is a bad thing. We don't want people to break up their marriages. I don't want families to get torn apart because of this sin. So this is the punishment. So that's, that's God's hard but good law. But what, was, what were the Pharisees actually doing? Next slide. What they were doing is they didn't really follow the law because the law was that both the man and the woman were supposed to be stoned, and they only brought the woman out in her skimpy nightgown and threw her out there to humiliate her in front of everybody. Just her. Not fair. Already, they're breaking the law. And then the second thing that's no good about what's happening here is that they don't really care. The next slide says... They were trying, oh, I'm sorry, here. They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. Why don't the Pharisees like Jesus? Does anybody know? Anybody want to answer that? Okay, but they think God is holy, and Jesus is showing them that he's a person and also God. So that's kind of scary. Anybody else have an idea? Why don't they like him? Someone back there? Right there in the red, I think. That's right. They see that Jesus is more powerful than they are. He's performing miracles, and he's threatening their political power. These guys are in charge, and they don't like it. So they, they bring him out, and they ask him a trick question. And I love Jesus. He's so smart, and he doesn't do what we expect him to do. So next slide. He almost never does what you expect him to do. People would ask him a question, he'd ask them a harder question. In this case, we have the woman on the floor, the old men in their robes with the stones in their pockets, and they say, hey, what does the law say, Jesus? Prove that you know the law as well as we do. And Jesus goes, hmm. And he starts writing in the dirt. It's kind of a weird thing. If you ask one of your high school teachers a hard question, she just goes, like, it's as weird then what he's doing as it would be now. It's not like a normal thing, like, oh, when I'm teaching, I'm going to lay down and write in the dirt. Jesus, so they're like, what is going on? Well, there's two things that Bible scholars think Jesus might have been doing. The first is maybe he was writing down sins. Maybe he was writing a list of sins in the dirt. Because later he says anyone who hasn't sinned can throw a stone. So maybe he was writing down a bunch of sins. Or maybe because they have the whole Old Testament memorized, he's reminding them, you've left the Lord your God, and you're not following the law anymore. And he's reminding them of this verse in Jeremiah where it says, Lord, hope of Israel, those who leave you will be shamed. People who quit following the Lord will be like a name written in the dust because they have left the Lord. So maybe he's really calling them out. He's writing their names. He's reminding them. You're not even, and look, I'll, I can just wipe that right out. Next slide. So what happens is everybody gets up and leaves. The old guys leave first. I love that detail. It says the oldest guys in the crowd, when Jesus writes down the sins and says, okay, let me tell you what my answer is. If you haven't sinned, then you can throw a rock. And they, one by one, the old guys are like, you know, never mind, I think I'll go. Maybe they're old, they don't want to throw a stone, they're getting old. But that's not why I think the oldest one's left. Why do you think the oldest one's left first? Over here. They had the most sins. Because they've been alive the longest, right? 
Is that what you guys were going to say, girls were going to say over here? Go ahead. They know what Jesus said in the Bible said, and they know they're all sinners. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it clicked for them. They're the ones that have been holding, learning the Bible the longest, and they're the one that learned the lesson faster. And they go, you know what, Jesus, you're right. Sorry, man. Okay, we're just going to go. And the prideful younger guys, you know, are still out there like, all right, we'll go too. But so why did Jesus not condemn her? What does condemn mean? Condemn means to declare that you are bad. It is a label. Condemning someone is a label. It's not to say what you did was wrong. It's to say you are bad. You are reprehensible. You are evil. It's to pronounce guilty and to convict you. It's to say that this is your label now. Your label is you are a convict. You are a prisoner. You are a bad person. It's maybe even to condemn them to die, and that's what's in this case. You are not worthy to live anymore. But sometimes in our life, even condemn can mean like why, the way we might condemn a building. If you've ever seen in a movie maybe an old building that has condemned written across it, that means that building is so broken that it, ha it is unfit for use now. So your sin is so bad that you can't be used anymore. You're done. You're out. We're taking you out of commission. You don't you're condemned, you're unfit for use. And I love Jesus when I remember that he tells me, because you believe in me, you will never be condemned. Nothing you do can ever make you unfit for use. Nothing you do can ever make you so far beyond my reach that I'm gonna say you deserve death now. I'll never deserve death again because of what Jesus did for me. I think there's a reason that he didn't do this to the woman. I think there's a few different reasons. And the first is that he wasn't going to let the Pharisees use her. She's a human being. And we know right now she was trying to, they were trying to, to trick her, right? Have you ever been in a situation where someone tries to make you look bad to make them look better? That's a bad feeling. And Jesus is like, no, I am not going to let you use this human being, take her life, to prove me wrong. I'm going to die for her. She's not going to die for me. The second thing is that he loves her. He loves her. And love always moves toward forgiveness if the person is willing to repent. And the next thing is that's just his nature. That's why Jesus came. How many of you know John 3.16? If you watch football games, you've seen people holding in this and then people go and they look it up and it says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life for the, Lord, the son of man Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world but to save it and give himself as a sacrifice so that's why he came and this was one of the moments where he said no that's not why I'm here guys I'm not here to enforce the rules I'm here to save people from the law all this woo thank you Amen. He's here to save people from the law. So these laws that kept you in Israel trying to be good, I'm going to now even say, you know what? I know you can't, and I'm going to release you. Not to say go and sin, but I'm not going to condemn you anymore. And then maybe, and this is the one that really touches me that I love, is maybe he understood why that woman caught in adultery was sinning in the first place. I don't think any little girl grows up and goes, you know, when I grow up, I want to be an adulteress. I don't want to have my own husband. I want to steal other people's. 
because then everyone will love me. No, being an adulteress is not something that anybody grows up and wants to be. I don't think any of you guys are thinking, you know, someday I want to grow up and I want to meet a beautiful girl and maybe I'll be ready to get married. And then once we get married, I'm going to go find another girl and I'm going to leave my wife and kids. I don't think that that's ever our plan. And sometimes we do the wrong thing because we're sinners and we make mistakes. And sometimes we do the wrong thing because we have pain or we're hurt and our hurt makes us do stupid things. I think this woman maybe was doing some stupid things because she was hurting. I want to tell you a little bit more about me in junior high. Um, when I was in junior high, I um, didn't have a church to go to. I'm so glad that you have here to be your home church and people who love you and say there's a place for you. My church that I grew up going to, where I learned to love Jesus, fell apart, and we had to find a new church, and it took us a couple of years, so I didn't have a church in junior high, and I didn't have any Christian friends that went to my school that I knew from church, so um, that was one thing going on for me. I felt a little lost. The other thing was, I really wanted to follow Jesus, and in junior high, I found that that was not as cool anymore as I hoped it would be. And people would make fun of me a lot. They called me a goody two-shoes and some other words that you guys don't use in 2017 um, and that I'm not going to repeat. But it basically meant that you were a girl who didn't, who, um, I don't even know how to explain it to you. But it wasn't a good quality. <laughs> it was like, you're a goody two-shoes and you won't kiss a boy and you're, you know, you're, there's something wrong with you. And I don't want to be that. And then the other thing that was happening is that my mother really struggled with depression my whole childhood. And so when your mom feels depressed, she's not very available. I felt really lonely in my own house, and I really needed someone to see me and pay attention. So I found that um, finding guys to notice me was the way to heal those things. That's what I thought would work. So I set out to prove that I wasn't a goody two-shoes, and I started just kissing everybody. And when I say that, I mean like I had a boyfriend and we would be kissing in public by my locker where everybody was walking out. Yeah, big eyes in the front where they're like, ooh, girl, that's, not, that's embarrassing. It is, it's embarrassing. I told this story in front of my daughter a couple times. That's really embarrassing. Um, and then I would get bored and break up with some nice guy and find another one and hurt their feelings and then find another one. It's so bad that a people would walk by and go, wait, you're kissing him now? And that's so embarrassing now when I think about that. This is my best friend at the time um, with the freckles. She was my best friend, and this was our, our, the height of fashion again in 1990. This is for her bat mitzvah. She was Jewish, and this is her big party. And we've been friends since fourth grade. And in ninth grade, I stole her boyfriend. I know. <laughs> I did. You guys are a responsive crowd. That is really bad, right? I had a friend, who, a boyfriend, who liked me, and I didn't like him And then at first, and then he went out with my best friend, and I didn't like that. I felt lonely, and they were off together. So I went, actually, no, I like you. And he left her, and he wanted to date me. I know, it was really bad. <laughs> so I relate to that girl that they've dragged out and embarrassed because I was sinning on that level like she was, like the junior high version of it. That's what I was doing because I was hurting. 
And when I was a sophomore in college, I regave my life to Jesus, and I found that he forgave me, and he continues to fill a hole in my heart that makes me not need to act out like that to get attention. I'm sharing this story partly because I want you to see how it can translate into being in junior high school, and also when you see that girl out there, to realize maybe there's some pain happening for her. Rather than condemning and judging her, like, oh my gosh, she's dating him now, what's going on? Why is she her short so short? Why is her bang so big? Oh my gosh. Maybe she just, something's happening and she needs some attention and she doesn't know how to get it the right way. So I love Jesus when he, does, when he says to me, go and sin no more. He doesn't say, hey, that was fine. Steal people's boyfriends, that's fine. I'm fine with it. He's like, no, that really sucks. Adultery sucks, boys and girls. That's not something we want to do. But Jesus says, I will never condemn you if you believe in me. And I can still use you. As we wrap up, I want to talk about the last person. Let's put ourselves in one other person's position. Let's talk about the guys in their robes with the rocks. What are they doing there? What are they thinking? The one who has never sinned, throw the first Stone, And here's the shocking thing that Jesus says. We don't get to throw stones at people that hurt us either. After Justin asked me to give this sermon, I found out my, I have a good, a wonderful sister that I love, my husband's sister, my sister-in-law. And she found out that her husband is committing adultery. And he left their family. And they have three children, little three little girls. And I would like to throw a rock. You know, I would kind of like to pull him out and throw something at him. I would like to call him names and say, how could you hurt my family like this? And I think it's okay that I'm angry because adultery sucks. And I feel sorry for those children a lot. But I don't get to pull him out into the street or post on his Facebook page or call his boss and say, do you have any idea what this guy is like? Because Jesus forgave me, and the shocking thing is, I can't condemn anyone because Jesus didn't condemn me. I'm guessing in a room this big, some of your parents are divorced. Anybody have divorced parents that they want to go, yeah, my mom and dad aren't together anymore? And it's possible that they're not together anymore because there was adultery in our families. There was someone who left to be with somebody else. And I tell you, I would want to throw a rock in that situation. That would really hurt me. That would really hurt me. Or maybe we have a friend who stole your boyfriend. Or maybe you had a guy who took a picture of you at camp where you were like this. And you thought you were safe and he posted on Instagram and everybody's making fun of you. Or maybe one of your friends made up a mean nickname about you and everybody's calling you that name now. Or maybe one of your friends stole another one of your friends and now they're all pals and they're talking crap about you. Justin said I can say crap on stage. And you want to make them look bad now. Maybe you're in life group and you want to go, you know what, girls? We really need to pray for Cassandra. She really needs the love of Jesus because she's a boyfriend stealer. And we want to label someone and condemn them and make them look bad because that might make us feel better. And Jesus shocks us and says, you can't, you can't do that because I love that person and if they turn to me, I will forgive them so we don't get to condemn people who have hurt us. So what's our big idea today? 
two big ideas. The first is, if you follow Jesus, you can never be condemned. Because of Jesus, you can never be condemned. You will never be declared unfit for use, convicted, guilty, bad, worthy of death. You can never be condemned because of Jesus. God still might say, I want you to quit that sin because I don't want you to hurt yourself and other people, but you can never be condemned. And the second big idea is that we don't get to condemn others either, but God can help us forgive. There have been times in my life I've been so hurt, and I'm sure you can relate, where you think, I cannot forgive that person. But God promises his Holy Spirit can help us do the things that we don't think we can do. And God can help us forgive that person. If you're, I want to encourage you today. I love that you have a home in junior high. If you have someone who has really hurt you and you're really struggling, you've got a rock in your pocket and you really want to chuck it, that this is a safe place to talk to your leaders, talk to your life group leader, talk to a parent, talk to someone about how you need God to help you forgive that person, even if it is a parent that we need to forgive. Let me pray for you. Thank you guys for listening. You've been awesome. Father, our sin was great and your love is greater. And we thank you, Jesus, that you came down not to condemn, but to forgive and save us. Lord, I pray for each one of us in the room who maybe has been hurt, where someone has actually committed a sin against you and against them, that you would give them the power to trust you and to forgive that sin. And Lord, I also pray for these students that when they see other people acting out in ways that we know aren't right, that rather than condemn, they could give grace and love the way you did Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Go on out, guys. Thank you. You have a home in junior high.